at some point we are going to have to do a whole show about how good this show sounds. Yeah. 
Party down ballot ah, down ballot is back. Welcome, welcome podcast listeners, welcome live viewers. We took a couple weeks off, I think, a couple two weeks off. I forget it was too many weeks off. Anyway, um, thanks for tuning into the pod. Thanks for tuning in live. Um, there's no local love tonight, so after this, we'll be doing some Orange County Board of Supervisors action because that shit is always really cooked. You don't uh, follow our Twitch channel? Make sure you're doing that at Twitch.tv/EchoplexMedia. You tune into the shows that start before 9 p.m. You can see that I continue to struggle with decent white lighting here in this fabulous studio that we built. People just keep sending us lights, and I just keep adding more lights, and I cannot make the white lighting look good in here. But that's not what we're here for. We're here for local news. Make sure you're supporting us at Patreon, Patreon.com/EchoPlex. I am producer Dave. You can find me being mean to people on Twitter, or maybe hitting on people on Grinder. Oh, hold on. Yeah, the underscore Councilman. You got me. Uh, start over. That was my fault. Sorry. No worries. Uh, this is the councilman. You can find me at T-H-E underscore councilman on Twitter um, for however long Twitter is still there. Is it still there? I haven't checked today. It's uh, still there. And <laughs> you can also find me as Hanselman on Facebook. So if you see me friend you, that's me. So don't worry. It's not some sort of um, strange porn star from Eastern Europe. Um, it's actually uh, someone you might know. Uh, and please, uh, as producer Dave said, uh, keep listening. Keep sharing. Um, sharing is caring. And all derp is local. So no matter where you are uh, across this great nation or this around this amazing world of ours, um, local news is probably the same where you are. It's all about potholes and public safety and public transportation. So um, let's dig in. And uh, another week here. Uh, thanks. For, I'm really glad we could take a week off to recharge. And uh, Producer Dave, uh, congratulations on another trip around the sun. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. 29 <laughs> again. 29 again. Anniversary of the 29th birthday. That's um, right. So... So, uh, to lead off tonight, um, city of San Jose, uh, has a new mayor and a very, a very new city council, but, uh, mostly a new mayor, um, evil Beto, as we have, uh, affectionately dubbed him. And, uh, yeah, he's going to talk a little bit about, uh, the beginning of his term and we're going to see him do, do a little bootlicking to get things started. Well, the Bay Area's largest city has a new leader. San Jose Mayor Matt Mahan knows his top priorities for the city. And NBC Bay Area's Robert Honda said... His top priority is, remember, RoboCop Ed 209? That's his top priority. <laughs> There's no doubt it's, it's, a, it's a busy job. Matt Mahan is finding out how it feels going from a busy councilman to an even busier new mayor. My wife and I have two little kids, so I still plan to drop them off at school in the morning, which has been our tradition, but I may be getting home a little later. That started right away with a new year. Year's Day tour at police headquarters, a top priority is addressing the shortage of officers and dispatchers by way of the budget and recruiting. I plan to be personally involved in getting out there and spreading the word at our local schools. And I'll shoot homeless people myself. And, and young people <laughs> to consider a career in public service. Mayhem pledged more affordable and long-term interim housing, but said the city can't wait for those projects to address street homelessness. Well, we need to expand our overnight warming locations by Wednesday because we have another large system coming in and the ground's already quite saturated. So we've, we've got to make sure that we have more places for people to go. The mayor also wants to adopt more technology. When it comes to blight, I want to expand our 311 application and get more residents on that tool so that they can tell us where they're seeing blight and we will be more accountable for addressing it. Accountability is a theme of his. And I've lived in Berkeley and San Francisco before San Jose is the cleanest motherfucking city I've ever lived in. Blight, get the fuck out of here. For sure. You probably yeah, just mean it's, he it's, means it's a people. it's a it's one of those um tropes it's like i'm sorry it's a it's one of those uh you know dog whistle 
keywords, right? Um, blight, right? It gets the the whites all riled up um, about, about that, like that gas station that's been there just too long. But it's not like it's inoperable. It's totally functional. It's a functioning gas station, probably successful. It just doesn't look like what they want in their neighborhood. So it's blighted. Right. You, have, you haven't gentrified the, the fucking <laughs> Rotten Robbie yet. So your neighborhood sucks. Right. I, ha- I need my Starbucks connected to a Chevron connected to a KFC, you know? That's what I need going on in my neighborhood. To be fair, if that was down the street from me, I'd go there all the time. I'd probably get the fried chicken. And the mashed potatoes at KFC can't be beat, really. Gravy, too. Mm. Finding what works. And what's the most effective way for the public to give you that kind of feedback? Well, I think that we need to start by being more transparent. Mahan has also been reaching out to city council colleagues since not one supported his candidacy, but says he's hearing only support now. I think we're going to find ways to collaborate and, and, and get along, and it's going to be very productive. His sole supporter on the council during the campaign was his predecessor, Sam Licardo, who Mahan credits with solving much of the budget crisis before he left office. The former mayor's advice... Sam texted me just after midnight on New Year's Eve, and um, said, tag, you're it. Don't screw it up. <laughs> In San Jose, Robert Honda, NBC Bay Area News. Yeah, bro. Don't screw it up, bro. Come on, bro. More bros. Just just more bros and bros on bros. Um, I really did like that the stock footage they had at city council there was from like at least six years ago because hey. Ash Carr was there. I saw Johnny Camus. I saw Tom Nguyen. So it had to be from like 2016 or 2015 at least. It was actually terrifying seeing Johnny Camus there. I was trying to remember. I'm like, he's not on the city council, is he? <laughs> yeah, God, no, not anymore. Not since 20, uh, 2020 when he turned out. Um, although there are rumors now that, um, or not it's fucking more than rumors. Um, he's said um, somewhat expressly that he's kind of sort of thinking about maybe expressly running <laughs> for District 10 again uh, next year because he's been out for four years and that's uh that's the revolving door term limit policy is that you can come back after four years so also pure luigi see pure luigi oliverio district six well oh man i don't want to hear no more stories about pierre luigi walking around his house which is also his campaign office wearing only a towel and trying to fucking hold court i just don't it's not the kind of energy we need to put out in the world right now don't don't worry that was um that was dominic caserta so different italian different italian city council member from santa clara um but uh but pierre luigi also was accused of uh credibly accused of so well accused regardless should just be credible um uh credibly accused of sexual harassment uh one of his former staff I keep getting my fucking also, local scumbags mixed up yeah so so we'll see that but uh it's great to see you know mayor man hitting, hitting the ground running taking donuts to cops um that's a really great look um i'm sh- sure they were really thoughtful about that um, you know what if he was it, if he actually took donuts to the cops maybe that was like maybe that was kind of based yeah, I, I think that was sort of that was the goal. But he 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 went with the chief, so you know who knows? Maybe they hold the chief in more contempt than they hold the mayor. I mean, I thought it was an espresso and like a like a croissant. Now, you think right? Maybe maybe I I don't want to judge. Right? All I saw was a pink box, so I'm I'm actually stereotyping. It could have been croissant. It could have been scones. It could have been you know uh, all manner of things. Danishes, um, egg egg sandwiches. You know, who knows? Be- be- you know, breakfast sandwiches are really in right now. There's you know what's really rude to bring people, actually, is um, biscotti and nothing to drink. Oh, God, yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm one of those guys who, like, in the middle of the night, like, I'll if I have some biscotti lying around, I'll probably just go and, like, sleep eat one, you know, just for a snack. Um, but 
without in the during the day without like a coffee or something yeah or even just a milk something to dip it in and, and take the bite take the uh the so we're gonna move on to winners and losers we got another evil beto story this is about a, d- oh, a really? state of emergency because of the rain oh excellent so the, yeah the, the last story kind of led into this one that's cool how that happens sometimes a state of emergency tonight. It is trying to evacuate homeless people from river and creek beds at mm. risk of flooding. KTVU South Bay reporter LaMonica Peters live tonight, continuing our team coverage. She's in San Jose at a service yard where people have been grabbing sandbags. LaMonica. Is that what they call it these days? I spoke with San Jose's mayor who says the city is as prepared as it can be. Rescue teams are preparing and they're getting ready. And workers will be out in the city watching water levels tomorrow. They're also asking people to take precautions to try and stay safe over the next few days. Folks should know there's a, there's a possibility of power outages. So making sure you've got, got water and flashlights and those things set up. Ooh, I have that backdrop. With substantial rainfall and high winds expected this week, city and county officials in Santa Clara County are gearing up to deal with the storm and its aftermath. Free sandbags were available at multiple locations, including City Central Service Yard in San Jose. Both of San Jose's overnight warming centers for the unhoused have expanded their bed count from 50 to 80, and opening a third location is being considered. We need to make sure that we get to every person living along our waterways alert them to the risk of this upcoming storm that we, that we see on the way. And uh, we're, we're asking them to move back from the rivers and, and creeks. Santa Clara County identified eight hot spots for potential flooding, but says any waterway could rise quickly during the storm. San Jose's CHAM Deliverance Ministry distributed tarps and other survival items to people living near Coyote Creek on Tuesday. These are tarps. These are, these are sleeping bags. These are necessities. And they're called necessities for a reason because people need them to survive. San Jose recently received $3 million to spend on homeless services at two temporary housing sites. But Wager says during emergencies like the impending storm, city resources need to be targeted towards helping the most vulnerable. Needs to be a major, uh, a significant deployment of people to let people know because these people are scattered everywhere along these creek beds. Santa Clara County says they've had a team giving out warming supplies since last month and they're currently providing transportation to centers and shelters for those who request it. Mayor Mahan says he'll be out surveying the city tomorrow morning and people can go to the city's website to get safety tips and more storm-related information. Mike? Coyote Creek 2017, no doubt a lot of residents remember that flooding there. We'll keep an eye on it tomorrow. LaMonica, thank you. The city. Well, I think the flooding in <clears throat> Coyote Creek was one of the, the first 10 episodes of Down Ballot, one of the things we talked about, I believe. It may have been. I, uh, I do recall that it was the good wife and I were on a honeymoon our honeymoon actually when the that flood hit oddly enough but we, we experienced it from another realm <laughs> in a sort of surreal way on tv um yes so uh hopefully the same mistakes are not being made and it doesn't seem as though um coyote creek at least has has overflowed its banks yet uh but there's still more rain coming due so we'll, we'll see what happens but um uh, it's it's good to see the cities being proactive especially about um trying to help the unhoused i i didn't love seeing pastor scott there uh he does great work so it's good that he gets a shout out but he needs help um we need more hands on deck um to to solve this problem and it's got to be county city and a lot of agencies collaborating it's just not really happening right now uh 
that you're seeing just a lot a lot of scatterbrained kind of hodgepodge uh, support systems but nothing that's really comprehensive or uh continue contiguous uh and mayor mayhem just wants to uh as he said stated in a press release i think is one of his first press releases wants to provide support to you know unhoused people and people who choose to remain outdoors he actually used that phrasing in his press release people who choose to re- remain outdoors or choose to live outdoors and i'm like okay bro <laughs> <laughs> that's usually not a we choice. really need to change we need to change the idiom right like no no one makes that a personal choice right like there are certainly p- folks who have either become emotionally disturbed because they live on the street and they've been forced to live on the street or they do have they've had legitimate mental um health issues prior to living on the street and perhaps they just you know to them who knows you know what's going on in their head but i guarantee you almost no one chooses to live outdoors um except for you know thoreau um (laughs) so and and that's a whole different scenario as we all know so transcendentalists, yes, but the rest of us, no, no one's choosing to live outdoors. And that's the fundamental fallacy of his entire approach is that there's people out there who are just going to refuse to accept, you know, the, the support we're offering them. Uh, and to me, that's just a, that's a cop out and it's sad and it's a trigger for all those, for all those folks with all those bootstrappy Republicans out there and, and American independence who are, you know, all Horatio Alger about this shit, and they read too much Ayn Rand, libertarians who think you, uh, and P- Pierluigi Oliverios, who think that, uh, you know, you, you just got to figure your own shit out, right? We don't know you anything. So um, our next story comes from a local news website, so uh, anything could happen mm. when I press play on this uh, <laughs> this player here. Uh, we got Exciting. San Jose won't leave people underwater again, and let's see, what happens, what do you think? I, bet, I, I, I have faith in it this time. Let's see what happens. Let's see. And now we want to take you over to San Jose. Mayor Matt Mahan is addressing the impact of the storm in his city. Let's listen in. Four atmospheric rivers over the next couple of weeks, and we just want to make sure anybody living along our creeks and rivers understands that there's an evacuation order. We want to see probably five hundred dollars. At least one hundred fifty from the water, and overnight warming locations. During the day, our libraries are open or, and are also a, uh, a great place for people to go. So I'm just going to share a little bit of information and then introduce uh, assistance. Fucking in- really nice of you to shirk this fucking problem off on the library system, dude. Fucking aces. Yeah, they're, op- they're open during the day, so you can go to the- go there and hang out at the library. But then they close, you know, you have to leave. So um, have fun overnight. I'm sure. Th- I'm sure the library has like services. Like, come on, dude. Yeah, I mean, granted, they do. They do have serv- or at least they can link people with services and make you know, and they can uh, they can provide access to people to services for people. But yeah, they don't actually provide like hot cocoa and soup and like a warm bed. <laughs> They're just a place where you can go sit and like not be bothered basically for a few hours. Um, when it's cold as shit outside, but then like come six o'clock, everyone or seven o'clock, you know, depending, everyone's back on the street again. So I don't, you know, great, thanks. The Wilcox uh, Council Member Doan, who represents District Seven, where we are here today, and our Field Operations Deputy Chief Brian Schaub as well. Uh, so we at the city are uh, continuing to work with our regional and local. 
to deploy outreach teams and notify people of the extreme weather conditions and encourage them to move on and find shelter placements of which the city has made a number available. We currently have overnight warming locations at Roosevelt Community Center and the West Valley Branch Library. We expanded Roosevelt shelter capacity on Sunday by 30 beds, bringing the total number of beds to 80. Today we've added another 150 at the Seven Trees Community Center, and we're prepared to continue to add additional shelter capacity as weather conditions warrant it and our unhoused residents actually ask us for those placements. Actually ask us for them. <laughs> hey, bro. Shelter beds hey, bro. In the city. Uh, Peter Thiel, can, can I get a bed? Beds operated by nonprofits. That's a good note. I want to thank our nonprofit partners, including oh, Destination yeah. Home, Home First and Path in particular, who have had their teams out doing outreach once again, making sure that our unhoused residents are aware of both the risks and their options for coming inside. Really important that we get people away from our waterways <laughs> as the, the water could rise. Okay, stop, stop for one second. Yeah. Like, dude, bro, do you, again... Do you really think people don't understand the risk? <laughs> like, really? Are, you know, they're not that dense. It's like, and they're not, they don't have short attention spans, right? They remember the floods. They know what a flood is and they know they're living by a creek and they can see that the rain is coming down and they can see the creek rising. And it's like, you know, yes, they understand the risks. Like, it's not about risk. Like, they don't have anywhere else to go. <laughs> you don't have enough places for all the people that need somewhere to go. You don't have 6,000 beds. I wish you did. Like you before don't. we turned higher ground into like Los Gatos where all the billionaires live, the people would actually go to higher ground when there was a flood. But now actually you can't go to that higher ground because it's all fenced off and fucking policed up and fucking you're gonna, shot. You're going to, you're going you're gonna to piss off fucking Steve Wozniak. Like the Woz, the Woz is coming out with his, his rifle. Just, Hey, you guys, you little ruffians get off my property. You homeless peoples. Um, yeah, it's just, this, it's just this narrative of like, oh, well, you know, if they don't come to us, then they don't need help. Or, you know, if uh, these people choose to remain outdoors, like, come on, man. Uh, you've got, it's it's about, it's about reaching out. And he's talking about all these nonprofits and what they're doing. They're the ones actually proactively going out there and like saying, hey, what's up? How you doing? We've got services. Would you like services? Right. As opposed to waiting for them to like come to them right or know where to go to get the services right like you take it to them um that's how you do it um thank god he that's one thing he's got right even though i don't believe he believes it but got you know thanks for our nonprofit partners for actually getting out there and doing the dirty work um that's uh the beauty of the nonprofit sector is that they're not uh, afraid to step in and do it also just share that spaces in our overnight warming locations are offered by referral only we would ask uh, members of the public, particularly our unhoused community, to call 408-539-2105 or email owlreferrals at homefirstscc.org to be referred to an indoor overnight warming location. And, uh, and then, of course, the city website is full of information about tips for staying safe, 
where you can get free sandbags. We don't anticipate, and I'm going to let the assistant city manager speak to this, we don't anticipate widespread flooding. What we're really worried about right now is just the waterways and our unhoused residents who are near the creeks and rivers where, where, there, is, where there is a serious risk. So with that, thank you all again for being here at the end. I'll say a few things in Spanish. Uh, but I want to turn it over to, oh boy. Uh, in fact, first I'll go to Councilmember Biendone to say a few words. He represents District 7, where we are here today doing outreach. So, Councilmember Biendone, come on, come on up. Thank you. Yeah. Good morning. He's like, ignore this pendejo who was just talking. Here's what's going on. Yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't realize how long this clip was. We don't have to watch the whole thing, but um, I would like to hear Beto speak Spanish at some point. Thank you for being out here. It's a unprecedented uh, declaration. We know that we have a large storm coming. I was here in 2017 as a fire captain dealing with the flood right here at Rock Spring. And I know how difficult. Okay, so check this out. Um, <clears throat> optics, again, you're, you're gonna, we're going to talk about why I need to be a consultant. Don't go out there in a nice suit when there's a fucking storm coming. Yes, especially if you were a former fire captain, wouldn't you know a little better? Um, yeah, this, is, this isn't this isn't good storm wear. No, but uh, our our fire captains really don't know good looks when they see them anyway. It is to be out there needing the help that we weren't prepared for, but we are now. My office have worked with the mayor office and the emergency management team to make sure that we take care of our residents and our unhoused residents. Today, I'm glad to announce that we are opening up the Tolly Library with up to 150 beds for our unhoused residents. And I ask that our residents to be prepared. Don't drive if you don't have to. If you need help, please reach out to my office or any other city council office in 311 or if you need 911. I want to make sure that you know that we've learned our lesson from 2017. We, as a city, we are ready and prepared for this storm. Thank you. I have been a council member for two days. So council member being done, who represents District 7. And for the last two days. For uh, clarity, it's, it's 150 beds we've just added at the Seven Trees Community Center. Um, Thank you for noting that, and we are prepared to keep expanding those, as I mentioned. Okay, next. <laughs> all right, I can't take any more of this. Yeah, it's all good. He's just correcting it. These are so these. Uh, the backstory also is that Bandona's Mahan's really only ally on the council. Um, he ups he unseated a sitting council member who was in the other block. So uh, he's he's his bestie right now, um, even though he's brand new, even newer than Matt Mahan. So I just want to. Uh, I just and I was. I came. It kind of came to me just a, like a minute ago, like thirty seconds ago. <clears throat> Weren't they asking for members of the community who are not in dire straits to? volunteer to help mm -hmm. like they why should be right like you'd think that they would be like and if you would like to volunteer here's a phone number you can call you know we can probably yeah. place you somewhere and you can help out uh both you know you can help out in your community based on you know what you're good at all cut nope nope yeah. no nope, nope, nope. oh this silicon valley what do you mean volunteer get the fuck out of here i'm sorry right what what, 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 what a silly thing well, the funny thing is the silly thing is that the tool actually exists like uh licardo created it um uh, during the pandemic it's like silicon valley strong or something like this and it's a volunteer portal basically where you're, you can go and sign up and they will assign you to you know to help out in some way or another um so you can still do this it's actually active i just don't know that mayhem's really pushing it or uh really into that kind of thing 
even though he should be into it, he went to a service-oriented high school um, locally that I'm kind of familiar with. And the whole motto of said service-oriented high school is men for others. Um, so really, he should be all about volunteerism. Uh, but but uh, perhaps not the first priority right now. The first priority is just looking good and being out there looking looking wet and looking like he's ready to take on the storm in his SJFD cap. Um, so fun times. I, I, I really, we'll, we'll get to him speaking Spanish some other time. He'll do it again. It, I mean, we saw, we saw a bit of it during the, uh, the debate. The debates is, yeah. Yeah. It, it occurs exactly. to me that it occurs to me that we're fucked if an actual disaster happens here. Like my God. Yeah. They, I mean, they talk a lot about how we're better prepared now than we were. And I think in terms of like the sheer infrastructure and, and, uh, logistical infrastructure that needs to get put into place you know people i think that the chain of command i think is figured out a little better but i don't think we have the resources or the the people power or the you know really the bandwidth to take on what would happen if if we had like an eight point earthquake right or something but which is the most likely thing to happen here right a, a massive well, earthquake to be fair i don't know how you really prepare for all the buildings falling down yeah i don't know either um other than you know build buildings that don't fall down <laughs> uh but yeah I, I we're very ill prepared for for any of that i don't know that anyone is really at the end of the day like in hawaii right now they've uh the volcano right is going off again it like goes off all the time right it's active volcano it's like you live near an active volcano how weird would that be the world the earth is like literally shifting and changing and evolving um right outside your back door right and it could come burn your town down anytime i suppose that's a real threat so our next story, when I first saw the reports of it, I'm like, I was like, that car tried to kill these people. And it turns out, nope, it was the driver. Apparently, yeah. uh, a doctor, a medical doctor, uh, tried to uh, end him and his family's life by driving his car off a cliff. Car happened to be a Tesla. And so the fact that they didn't die meant that apartheid Clyde was all over Twitter saying, oh, they would have died in any other car. <laughs> it's like, oh, you asshole. So here, here's, yeah. the lo- here's the local news hit about it. We have a disturbing update now to that Tesla crash that we reported yesterday. The driver of that white Tesla who drove off a cliff in Pacifica has been arrested, accused of doing it on purpose. In the car with him, his wife and two kids. We showed you this dramatic rescue yesterday. Investigators say Darmesh Patel of Pasadena intentionally careened off the side of the road right there at Devil's Slide, plummeting more than 250 feet down below to the rocks. You see the rescue here from the helicopters. The rocks, um, they all survived this family and were airlifted to Stanford Hospital. The children are okay, and the parents suffered non-life-threatening injuries. Patel faces charges of attempted murder, and child abuse. Oh my. Yeah, I, I would not have put this on the docket had anyone died actually in this in this uh incident, but I thought it was very interesting the confluence of Tesla and shenanigans and uh, winners and losers just made a lot of sense because there's some losers here and there's some winners, the wife and kids even though they're they careened over a cliff with their dad <laughs> with their husband at uh at uh, down to a 250 foot cliff. Um they did survive, so there's a winner there at least and winner to the Coast Guard and the folks who saved them. Um, but yeah, lots of losers here too. Um, and Elon Musk's stocks are probably going to take another hit. Because I'm, I'm pretty sure this guy's going to blame the Tesla. So I know it's <clears throat> I know it's a kind of a weird point to bring up, but had it been a, a Toyota, would they have led with a Toyota careened off a cliff? 
Yeah, that's a good point. I'd probably not, right? Um, and but I can just see him using the Tesla defense, right? The Twinkie defense for Dan White. This would be the Tesla defense. Um, <laughs> I can see that. I can see it happening very, very easily. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I do. I agree with you. I don't think if it was a you know a Geo or a you know a, a Chevy, it, they would have made as big a deal out of it. But it's a you know the it's the hot button issue right now. I mean, if I was his lawyer, I'd immediately be telling him to shut the fuck up. And then if you say anything, say that the car took control and drove off the cliff, right? Because fucking right, people right. are hella mad at Elon Musk right now. I don't know what happened. I, you know, the car just took control of itself. Um, I'm so sorry. I am so glad my family is alive. So. Oh, my goodness. We have a, it looks like a Oakland Zoo is uh, going to be closed for a while because there's a giant sinkhole at the zoo. Yeah, this is a major loser right here. Uh, you know, we, we did a, we didn't have enough uh, really viewership to kind of make any impact, I don't think, but we did uh, with some other small streamers tried to get together and raise a little money because the Oakland Zoo was in trouble during the pandemic before the PPP loans came out and whatnot. They mm -hmm. were they were definitely uh, in financial trouble. Like I said, I don't think we made a dent in it, but uh, other people did and we, you know, the community did help, but uh, I don't know if I can raise, I don't know even now, can we raise the kind of money to help with this sinkhole? I don't think so. I hope they have sinkhole insurance. Yeah, I don't know if you can raise up that kind of dirt right there. The entrance to the Oakland Zoo at Golf Links Road, now impassable. Where cars used to drive through, the road has caved in, revealing uh. what the zoo described as a 10-foot by 10-foot sinkhole. And this is not the way we wanted to start uh, 2023. The zoo says this was caused by a collapsed culvert, which connects to a creek, overburdened by all that rainwater. The animals are safe at the zoo. That is the most important. Zoo staff will continue to take care uh -huh. of the animals, but the zoo will be closed to the general public until at least January 17th. Yeah, we had an outing all planned. So. These guests pulled up with tickets to the zoo's popular wintertime Glofari event, only to learn the zoo was closed. Well, I thought that if there was damage that they might let us know. They might have time to let us know, but I guess they didn't. So. The zoo says it's still talking yeah, the, the ground about the like just collapsed and shit. extending the lit-up event once they're, they're like, should we let Gertrude know? Nah, not at the top of my to-do list. <laughs> but right now, there's too much uncertainty. So we've got another atmospheric river event coming through uh, this week. Um, we have to let that rain get through us uh, and see where we land. And the zoo says that everyone who had tickets to the Glofari event on the days that the zoo will be closed, they'll get a full refund of their ticket price. The zoo says oh good. they'll be Gertrude's working on that in the next couple of. of days, and those refunds should come automatically. But if you haven't heard from them within a couple of days, the zoo says you can reach out via email. In Oakland, Alyssa Gord, NBC, Bay Area News. Well, boy, I'm glad that they got their tickets refunded. Seriously, Gertrude's going to be okay, although she'll never get that gas money back again. They said the animals are safe at the zoo, but I'm pretty sure the animals probably ain't so happy there, no matter what the conditions are. And during this storm, it probably being an animal at a zoo is probably terrible. Yeah, that zebra did not look like super stoked, a little bit on the miserable side, in fact. Um, <laughs> but it had a nice ass, so it's got that going for him. Zebra badonk. Zebra badonk. Um, it could be a donkey masquerading as a, an, a as a zebra. Who knows? A painted a painted donkey, a painted ass, if you will. Oh well, no! 
Pacific is yes. like one of, so we're going to do get your shit together. And unfortunately this time it actually involves shit. Pacific is like one of my favorite places. <laughs> it I, is. I love Pacifica. It's super cool place to hang out in the summer. Uh, Cause it's a little bit cooler than the rest of the Bay area, but it looks like their sewage system overflowed. And uh, you know, all the things that happen when your sewage system overflows uh, happened on the, what used to be, I guess the streets of Pacifica. Now they're just like a, a shit rivers pretty much now also on the peninsula san mateo county is warning people to stay away from local beaches until there's at least three days of clear weather officials say sewage is impacting the coast and tonight abc7 news reporter tara campbell found one neighborhood right in the thick of it the boots are on and washers out residents in one pacifica neighborhood cleaning up from saturday's storm we started flooding here from the sanitary sewer which is the toilets and showers and um eventually this entire block was flooded all the way down to there there was um all the yards were super saturated and uh you know it just smelled horrible dan stedging capturing images of the rising waters and gushing sewers what's happening is it's all pulling up here this mail still got delivered that's boss (laughs) neither rain nor sleet nor shit it's not good for the fish not good for the people. The San Mateo County Health Department yeah. putting out an alert saying sewage has impacted ocean and bay waters, advising people not to swim. Once they turned on the pumps, it Don't cleared out it. about in an hour on here and came down. And of course, the, the sewage continued for at least five hours after that. Toilet paper still caked on the road and another concerned resident. You look down these streets and it's con- it's completely littered with toilet paper and fecal matter. Mike Sutton says the water rose quickly. We were moving cars, vehicles. Are you worried for your home? Absolutely. I have kids in here. Now everything's contaminated with fecal matter. County Health said, oh yeah, you can't have kids or pets in contact with this and you should, you should uh, clean it up. The city came by and, and vacuumed some of this up. And the cleanup continues. Tara Campbell, ABC7 News. Well, shit. Uh, or fecal matter, as that one dude apparently is obsessed with calling it. Uh, I bet when they he, interviewed people, they're like, listen, we know you want to say shit. You can't say shit on the news. The FCC is going to come for us. Listen, just, I know you can't say shit. Don't say shit. Can you say, just say fecal matter whenever you're compelled to say shit. Say fecal matter. I <laughs> wish one of the guys would have said the sewer laid a poopy. <laughs> That's what I they mean, were saying not... to each other in the, the B-roll when they were having a little conversation amongst themselves, amongst neighbors. Like, yeah, man, did you see the shit? How high did the shit get in your house? Oh, man, pretty high. <laughs> pretty fucking high, that shit. Oh, I'm sorry, fecal matter. Good Lord. That's got, that's the worst, man. I mean, I, the worst that happens in my neighborhood is the, the storm drain backs up, right, with leaves and there's water backed up in the in the gutter. Um, and you go out and scrape the leaves away and what do you know, everything's cleared away. Um, but yeah, uh, that's where infrastructure works apparently <laughs> at the beach. Not so much because the water flow just pushes, uh, from the ocean, right? The ocean surge pushes the sewage up out of the, the pipes and back into the streets and you end up with poop and toilet paper everywhere. So we're going to move on to down ballot watch. And, um, it seems like the, uh, election problems, and the just the fact that the 2022 election kind of rages on that isn't just the case in completely cooked places like Maricopa County, Shasta County, and Orange County. Uh, more on that uh, during the post game. It appears like there's some problems here in the Bay Area where 
Some races are being contested and um, people are claiming to be confused by ranked choice voting. So here's a story out of Oakland about a school board race where, I don't know, maybe people just need to calm down. It's a school board and everybody there probably means well and you don't have any QAnon people there trying to run the school board. So take the fucking small victories where you can get them or take the L if the other person isn't a QAnon person. The courts may now have to sort out a contested school board election in the East Bay. Alameda County admitted it made a mistake in how it set up the vote count software in the Oakland Unified School Board election. Now the candidate who originally placed third says he's the winner. But the original winner says he's not conceding. NBC Bay Area's Valina Jones is in Oakland with the story. Oh my. We are concerned because of the timing of all of this. A ranked choice voting reversal just days before a new Oakland Unified School Board member is set to be sworn in. The county originally said Mike Hutchinson came in third in the race. Now the registrar admits there was an error and Hutchinson says he's been told he actually won. The registrar called them the corrected results. So I don't think there's any question about that. And I don't think we as a community should be in the position where we have to accept results that we know are incorrect. The registrar claims a misconfigured algorithm incorrectly suspended 235 ballots that, if counted, would make Hutchinson the winner. But with the election already certified, it will take a judge order to change the results. This is not a problem with our elections in Oakland. This was a human technical error that has now been corrected, and hopefully we can again come together to support these results. While it could take weeks to reverse the contested results, Hutchinson's supporters hope his opponent and current winner, Nick Resnick, concedes. <laughs> this guy. About the interpretation of people's votes who only voted a two and a three. It's actually written into the election code. It's not up for interpretation. But Resnick sees it differently and plans on taking office Monday, explaining he believes the election was called right the first time. We are not certain um, that there was an error made. Uh, and I do remain committed to the voters, to the families, and to the students uh, as declared the winner. Resnick is asking for a meeting with the registrar's office, but says he hasn't heard back. A silence, he says, only brings more questions for himself and voters. And now what the registrar is saying is, hey, hey, we're actually smarter than the voter. We know what the voter meant. We just really want more information and we want to understand how this process, you know, happened. We also attempted to get comment from the registrar's office today, but did not hear back. In Oakland, Valina Jones, NBC Bay Area News. So, like, it sounds like what happened, it sounds like the first guy knew what was going on. He's like, hey, they made a mistake in the way they were counting the ballots. They threw out some ballots because uh, what it sounds like is somebody didn't pick a number one. And <clears throat> if I'm not mistaken, if you don't pick a number one, your number two goes to number one and your number three goes into number two. That is the process, yes. That's and that seems like the thing that makes the most fucking sense. Yes. Um, that's, that's, I mean, it's, it's, and it's not even so much that. Like the guy said, uh, it, it is exactly what the election code says is supposed to happen so if they did not count those ballots to begin with and they got rejected somehow then yeah they they need to go back and uh, uncertify and recertify the election and and make sure the right person won whoever it might be um but uh you know i, I definitely don't I, I would leave it up to the candidates at this point to figure that out if the, if the registrar figured that out that error then the registrar needs to go to whoever it is the county uh, council or the county or the state and, you know, get the election reopened and do another count. 
I also like that the first guy made it really clear. He's like, this isn't a problem with the election. This was human error. Right, exactly. Like he's, he's trying to strike, because at the end of the day, I don't know what his background is or where he comes from, but you know, he seems like an activist. He seems like he's from the community, right? He had a pretty diverse crowd there with him, a uh, group of individuals. So um, more than likely, he's in favor of ranked choice voting because it is the more you know, uh, progressive, uh, you know, uh, good government you know, form form of, uh, of of running our elections, but he didn't want to begrudge it. I think because he's we also have other cities and counties locally considering it, even the state. Um, so he didn't want to uh, make a big deal out of that so much as that's just one isolated incident. Something someone screwed up. It's all good. I won. You know, let's just forget it. Let's let's move on. Um, so he doesn't put a smirch on the whole process, right? Um, so that's good. Good for him sticking up for election integrity while at the same time recognizing that a mistake was made. This isn't voter fraud, right? This isn't like Mickey Mouse voting, right? Or or twenty people, twenty dead people voting, right? People voted. It's just that their votes weren't counted properly. So, if anything, it's disenfranchisement, right? And it seems like it was just a mistake. Correct. The fact that the fact that they're willing to admit it too is it's obviously a mistake, right? Especially after the fact, like they could have just honestly, they they more than likely could have just gone on and. and no one would have been the wiser, depending on how many people knew about it, right? And just rolled on, right? Because who cares about a school board race until there's something wrong with the school with the school board or some parent gets a bug up their butt? Or if you'll recall, the Oakland school board, we've had them on down ballot before. They've they've been protested. There was there were there were physical assaults, I think, at the at the school board. So it gets right. It gets a uh, rowdy. But uh, yeah, uh, no one would have cared, I think, otherwise if they if they had. Not said anything, but they did. So good for them. Yeah, this we'll is <clears throat> this is actually the system working and people like owning up to their mistakes, which is amazing. <clears throat> yeah, there's also some other good news coming out of Alameda County and and other places in the Bay Area, but a lot of historic uh, firsts uh, in terms of our, our uh, local elected officials. So we're going to find out more. A new year comes with a new head of the criminal justice system in Alameda County and new promises from the first black DA in the county. Law enforcement agencies say they're hopeful her administration will bring needed changes. That I will well and faithfully discharge the duties in her first day in office. Pamela Price has some big goals as Alameda County's new district attorney. That we're able to deal with our mental health crisis, that we're able to provide alternatives to incarceration. Love her hair. Civil rights attorney Mm -hmm. is vowing to bring more racial equality to the office and overhaul the county's justice system. People of this county have the right to have a district attorney's office that they can trust, that we're working for them. Price's top priorities, reducing gun violence, ending over criminalization of youth, and expanding victim services. And the first district attorney that has both sued police officers and represented police officers. And I look forward to working with Chief Armstrong and with to the different chiefs. I'm actually very hopeful. I think a change is is good thing. Among the 19 law enforcement agencies Price will be working with, Oakland stands out with violence at the top of mind for the city's police officer association. The city has had a persistently high homicide rate for multiple years and its first killing of 2023 came on New Year's Day. 120 homicides last year is 120 too many and this is the third year in a row we have more than 100 homicides. Barry Donnellan, president. Laughs in Baltimore. 
City's Police Officers Association wants to see more cases being tried to pre-pandemic levels and says it will take a multi-agency approach to reduce crime plaguing the city. He's hopeful the new DA will see it the same way. Individually, as institutions, we are not going to get a handle on it. But together, working together, arresting suspects, prosecuting suspects helps reduce crime. In Oakland, Valina Jones, NBC Bay Area News. <clears throat> They're like, this is a dangerous city. We had 120 homicides. That's a safe city. <laughs> like, think yeah, of how many fucking I mean, people live there. My God. Relatively speaking, absolutely. Yeah, tell, you're right. Tell that to people in Baltimore. Um, anyway, well, uh, so new law enforcement uh, in uh, Alameda County in two ways, actually. So we've got the first black female DA and the first Latina and the first woman ever uh, as the sheriff. There's a new sheriff in town. Alameda County has a new sheriff today. Eusenia Sanchez was sworn in, becoming the first woman and Latina sheriff with that agency. New at six tonight, our crime reporter Henry Lee sat down with her before the ceremony to talk about her priorities and plans moving forward. Oh, you could have just not done the bagpipes, though. But she's Latina. Come on. Sanchez was famous for loving bagpipes. Sheriff. Congratulations, Sheriff. Sanchez, a 25-year veteran of the sheriff's office, is the first woman and Latina to fill the role. Though short in stature... You all can't see it, but I have a step stool I need to arrange real quick before I begin my speech. Sanchez is standing tall, confident that she'll reform an agency that's seen its share of controversies. I spoke to the new sheriff moments before her big day at the Scottish Rights Center in Oakland. Super excited. Uh, I am definitely ready for the task, and it's definitely a heavy lift, I know. Sanchez says her priorities include improving community relations and restoring trust in an agency saddled by lawsuits, alleged misconduct, and concerns over jail conditions. We are bringing uh, a new way of policing to our communities, policing with humanity, policing with respect and compassion. She says she wants inmates at Santa Rita Jail in Dublin to be treated humanely and given chances to grow. Making sure that we are putting measures in place, uh, services and programming in place for individuals who are coming back into society. She says she plans to hold deputies accountable, and it's been a challenging past few months. Dozens of deputies found have been improperly hired after doing poorly on psych exams. Another deputy, Devin Williams, charged with murdering a couple in Dublin. And yet another deputy charged with DUI after crashing a sheriff's truck into a big rig on 580 in Livermore. I'm going to make sure that individuals that okay. do behave poorly, that they are discipline in a way where their behavior is corrected. Sanchez succeeds Greg Ahern, who served as sheriff for 16 years and retired Tuesday after serving 43 years. Yesenia Sanchez says she was a rebellious, defiant girl who didn't really care for law enforcement while growing up. Now she's a trailblazer as the 23rd sheriff of Alameda County. In Oakland, Henry Lee, KTVU, Fox 2 News. Cleaning up that jail <clears throat> is going to be real hard. Like there's a culture, mm -hmm. there's, there's like an inertia in the jails and prisons, mm -hmm. no matter like what you try to do from the top, unless you start fucking cleaning house of the fucking shitty abusive people from the bottom all the way up through all the way up the system in those jails, you're not going to, you know, it's, it's great that you want to do that. And I like believe some of these new sheriffs coming in when they're like, there's a new sheriff in town and I don't want there to be human rights abuses under my watch. But it's partially because they don't want to be on the news that there were human rights abuses under their watch. It's not like completely altruistic. 
but to, right. to clean right. to clean that up like you that's you're it's expensive and a lot of people going to lose their jobs those people's fucking like the they have their own like they have a union or some kind of association i hate to call them unions because um, unions have generally been against cops cops have usually busted up union protests historically they have associations they have associations right and then that association for the people that work at that jail is going to go to bat for every one of them abusive motherfuckers if anybody goes in there and tries to clean that shit up but oh, i mean for sure. yeah when you <clears throat> like going to jail having your freedom taken away from you should be the punishment the punishment should not be extended when you're in jail to being mistreated having be suffering human indignities while you're there because i think being taken out of society is a human indignity and uh beyond that i don't think we should be doing shit yeah i mean that's really enough isn't it uh right right away um and one would even question if that's really what's necessary um for most folks right uh i did enjoy the there what did she say we need to make sure that uh you know when we are when we do find folks who are you know in our system who are doing the wrong thing that we we know how to hold them accountable. It's like fire them, like fire them. Right. I, I understand that there are contracts, like you said, there's union contracts and there's, there's association contracts and memorandum memoranda of understanding between, you know, government and, and the, these uh, employee associations. But yeah, there's gotta be some way we've, we can figure out a way to fire uh, someone when the violation becomes egregious, right? Like in San Jose, when the police officer was like, took it out and, you know, whacked it in front of the, in front of a, a witness to a crime of some sort for whatever reason, right? Like they, that should just be instant, walked out the door, fired, goodbye, you know, like you were gone. Right, you're, um, on, un, you're on unpaid leave pending investigation, but you might want to brush up on your resume. <laughs> right, and hire, a, hire an attorney with the exorbitant pay we've been giving you, right? Like, yeah, that that would probably get people's attention when you when heads start to roll. That'll get people's attention. But as you just mentioned, like these associations have a lot of money, they give a lot to political candidates, they have a lot of political clout, and they uh, they use a lot of fear to get what they want at the end of the day. And what they want is to protect their guys and their gals and make sure that no matter what um, they're taken care of, even if it means defending people who are somewhat indefensible in some cases. And I mean, not um, for the nothing that the sheriff doesn't really have that much power to deal with law enforcement abuse because the sheriff's department manages the jails and serves a lot of warrants for the court, for the county courts, right? They're not mm, the ones yeah. pulling you over and whooping your ass, right? That's the CHP and less so the CHP. They're m more professional generally than the local PD and the sheriff doesn't have no control over what the Oakland police department does. True. True. The, I mean, sheriffs do have, uh, that kind of reign over, um, unincorporated areas right so areas in the county that are not city uh, governed by any city um santa clara county there's a good amount of that space um uh but uh yeah in most most cases that's primarily what they're doing is the custody side of things so yeah we'll see we'll see uh i i agree with you if you really want to clean house you got a clean house and we're stuck in terms of cleaning house because you've got associations in the way right i mean in the in standing in the way of change um uh, and uh, we'll see who gives first, right? And uh, you also but, have a you also have a problem like of <clears throat> I call it the self licking ice cream cone, where if this if this organization, say the sheriff's department, has a reputation for being abusive, then who the fuck's gonna apply for a job there besides fucking abusive people? <laughs> like right, 
a funny story. I've actually started. You'll hear him if you uh, if you're out there enough, or, on, uh, or turn on the tally, or just look at the billboards. Um, they are recruiting pretty heavily, um, even down here. I've seen Alameda County Sheriff's Office ads um, on the regular uh, down this way. So they're definitely recruiting and trying to make it look like you know, hey, we're fun, diverse. You can do all sorts of shit and uh, have a great career opportunity here at the sheriff's office. Yay! The so. problem, the problem with that is you get there. And God, I forget who it was. It was an interview on the majority report. It was like a former, like a former, somebody got kind of high up in, I believe, Los Angeles police department or maybe Los Mm -hmm. Angeles sheriff's department. And what he said is that like you get there and if, even if you're not an abusive type, first of all, that's that, that funnel will eject you at the top. Like as soon as you get there, if you're not willing to crack skulls, then the other people who are willing to crack skulls aren't going to want nothing to do with you. They're not Mm going to want to back you up. You know what I'm saying? That you're going to have a hard time of it. So it ejects people there. And then the people who maybe went in not intending to be abusive, but are willing to be abusive in order to keep their jobs, then they become the next generation of the abusive people in there who will eject the fucking people who don't want to be abusive from the top of the funnel. It's it's the, the inertia there is just so strong that you, the only way to fix it is like you, you know, somebody racks up a few complaints, you just fucking fire them. The only yeah. way, even if they're not like convicted of a crime or anything. And and then, then like, then I guess like the law and order people are like, well, we don't have enough cops. And it's like, well, the ones we, we hire, keep beating the fuck out of people. Do you have any ideas? <laughs> like law and order people, right. law and order, right. like law and order for thee, but not, like law and order for thee, but not for me, like from the cops. I don't know about that, you know? Yeah. And, and it's funny in San Jose, at least, um, there's a lot of talk about, oh, well, we need to loosen hiring standards and they have loosened hiring standards. Uh, quite a bit in order to attract more uh, bodies because they feel like more warm bodies in uniform is going to solve whatever they perceive to be the problem, the problem, the crime problem. Um, so a non-existent problem solved by cops that they can't recruit because they can't either pay them enough, treat them well enough, or just respect their dignity enough um, but not throw them under the bus. And they all, so they just lower their standards so much that they're getting it, letting any Yahoo in. And then they, after some, something pops off, right? Uh, this person, this cowboy cop does something stupid, like wax off in front of a witness, the mayor and everyone else who made these policies, right. And loosened all these regulations and say, Oh my God, what are we doing? You know, we need to weed out the, the bad apples, right? <laughs> it's like you created a system that perpetuates bad apples, that invites bad apples into the system. And then you are surprised somehow when shit hits the fan. I don't understand. Yeah. And you know, I don't know. It's, it's like, reminds me of, do you remember you, you remember Fry's Electronics, how there'd be like a ton of people working there, but nobody like was willing to help you or knew like what they were doing. But then you'd go to Best sure. Buy and there weren't that many people working there. But when you did speak to somebody, they were like, oh, here's the thing you need. Well, that's fucking right. this. They're, they're going with the Fry's Electronics fucking strategy of just like staffing up and not not trying to figure out if the people they're hiring, like know what the fuck they're doing or how to deescalate or how to like maybe end a situation in a non-arrest because that's better for everybody it's just like ah oh, man it's so so terrible such a such a bad system well like fries they they do know how to stand around and talk to each other and ignore everyone else i, I, I don't know that's the least that's the that's the least that's the least evil thing they do i suppose i suppose if they did that we'd all be a little better off maybe who knows um, but yeah, if you want to talk about why we're not able to really go after cops and, with complaints and really get the, and weed out whatever you want to call them, the bad apples, quote unquote. Um, the, just the worst okay. ones. Let's say the yeah, worst there's a ones. Shit, yeah, there's a shit ton of bad apples, but yeah, like the really rotten ones. Um, it's 
union contracts, honestly. It's it's meet and confer. It's, you know, and not that those are bad things. Contracts are good. Unionization is good. It helps workers. But in, in certain cases, it can be overly protective and it can actually lead to problems. So it's not just with cops, too. I've seen it with teachers unions. I've seen it with others where they have to, the unions are pretty much locked into protecting people who are really kind of indefensible, like the, the teacher who shows up drunk on the first day of school, right? Seriously, faded at 9 a.m. Not just on like hung over um, from, from, from a bender the night before. No, actively drunk, like woke up and had a fifth, right? And came to school just reeking of alcohol and belligerent to the kids, right? Yeah, I gets pulled out of class. Yeah, I get sent home on administrative leave. Still getting paid. More than likely going to be back in the classroom once they agree to some sort of, you know, AA program or, you know, some sort of uh, recalcitrance program. But, you know, that kind of thing, right? Where uh, my mother, who was a, a, a union rep, a teacher union rep, had to go in and defend these people and like, you know, uh, and keep them from getting into any more trouble, right? That was just her job. You know, she didn't like that part so much, like the other parts, but that part was not very fun um, because you're kind of like going to defend the indefensible, like I said. So it happens in all sorts of professions. Um, but, uh, it's one of those necessary, not necessary evils, but just a byproduct of, of, uh, the labor movement and labor workforce. So we got and another probably. story, basically yeah. the same story, San Mateo County. There's a new sheriff in town there. And I am, uh, hey. I'm confident that uh, it's going to be a similar story where they're going to probably say that they're going to do the same things as the last person. I haven't seen this clip, but I'm just going to guess that they're going to be telling that same line. Light. Let's, let's check it out. She's making history. Christina Corpus was sworn in as the new sheriff of San Mateo County today. She becomes the first Latina to hold the office, but she's not new to law enforcement. For more than 20 years, she worked her way up and has plans to change the way the department works. Yep, I knew it. NBC Bay Area's Christy Smith. Congratulations. Christina Corpus officially became the 26th sheriff of San Mateo County today, sworn in during a ceremony at the College of San Mateo. My path as sheriff started long before my 22 years in law enforcement. And she's breaking new ground. The first female and the first Latina in county history. Law enforcement, elected leaders, and community members were there to watch the new sheriff make history and share her plans for the department. Safety is and always will be my driving mission. To keep our community safe, we must learn the challenges and concerns of each community as neighborhoods are different and unique. She talked about making the sheriff's office more accessible, fostering trust and transparency while strengthening public safety. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to working and being engaged in the community and bringing 21st century policing really to the oh, at 209. sheriff's office and bringing a change of culture where we take care of people first. Mountain View Police Chief Chris Shung is leaving his post as top cop to join the San Mateo County Sheriff's Department as undersheriff. Her vision really aligns with everything I've been trying to do in Mountain View um, and just in terms of uh, helping to evolve the profession, uh, just really caring deeply, not only for the community, but also for uh, the men and women who serve our communities as well. When I accompanied her on the campaign trail, what impressed me Josh. was, first of all, her ideas. She was, let's use new technology, new approaches to do our job better. Palantir? Just with excitement. There's a lot of work to do. We've already gotten started. Christy Smith, NBC Bay Area News. I don't, I don't, I, I'm skeptical of all of this. 
for obvious reasons. Yes. I'm always skeptical of cops and law enforcement in general. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you're not skeptical of our next clip. Oh, no, no. I think I know what this one is. Uh, at the end of the show, we do some kind of human or animal interest story. Don't worry. We No more cops, I promise everybody. No more cops. Um, yeah, the, the, sink, the sinkhole at the zoo was going to be on here, but that was kind of a sad, so I put it under winners and losers. But this, yeah, this yeah. is more fun. Yeah, yeah, that zebra looked real sad. I would have been real mad if that zebra is how we ended the show. Poor zebra. Sad, sad stripey ass. So, uh, everybody's seen this clip. There was there was a Christmas show in uh, Menlo Park. Menlo Park is a uh, rich area right next to uh, Palo Alto. And um, I'm just going to let this clip play. I remember I saw this on Twitter. This is quite funny. A Menlo Park second grader is getting attention from around the state after he stole the spotlight during a holiday show. But you can guess which one we're talking about here. Jaden Williams and 14 classmates were singing during the show at Beachwood School when he just started dancing, just broke out dancing. You can see him on the far right there in the 49ers jacket. The mother of one of the other students recorded and posted the performance on Instagram. The other students, they seemed surprised at first, but just kept singing as he shows off his moves with the audience cheering him on. You know who that is, right? The kid in class that always makes yeah. you laugh. Yeah, you, like yeah. like in ten years, is he going to be an insta? Uh, you know, inf- I will said Instagram, whatever. Right, influencer. Yeah, yeah. Influencer. <laughs> he's gonna be millions. I love that he's like letting his joy shine yeah. through. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be an influencer one day. Yeah, it, it became a thing. Uh, the Niners reached out to him. He probably got free season tickets. Um, it just goes to show, just dance with reckless abandon. You never know what good things could happen. I'm surprised none of the other kids were dancing at all, but I guess they might have been nervous being on stage or whatever, but that kid certainly wasn't. Typically, they are. Like, man, I I, I, I feel bad for kids sometimes. Like, there's some kids, like, that kid's just obviously born to perform, right? He just, that's that's his calling. Um, most kids just like, get me the fuck out of here as soon as possible. What are, this, what are the words I have to sing to get out of here as soon as possible so that I can stop being embarrassed and I can go to In-N-Out? Like or McDonald's or whatever kids like these days. I don't even know. Um, they're, just, they're just dying to get off that stage as soon as possible and not fuck up so that their parents will be proud of them. Um, so good for this kid where he's just like, fuck it, I'm going for it, man. I don't care what people think. Um, and he looked good doing it, so he's got moves. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, I saw that on Twitter, and I was like, that's that's going to end up on down ballot, so I didn't put it on the Sunday show. Nice. So uh, Orange County, on the, on the flip side of a... Uh, of our musical interlude here, right? Yeah, yeah. We got the, uh, <clears throat> the, the, there was a lot of pomp and circumstance at the Orange County Board of Supervisors because, like, people were getting sworn in and stuff. And, uh, so I was like, well, I'm going to go ahead and download this and, uh, erase that part from it. So all I've oh, got nice. is the part where the public comment started. Um, <clears throat> so people who are, uh, listening on the pod, you're missing out. You can catch it, catch us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Echoplex Media or Patreon, patreon.com slash Echoplex five bucks a month and you get the audio and video capture now uh, straight Ooh. from our recording here too so it's higher quality than Twitch and um, mm. if you don't have the five bucks a month or just don't want to give it to me you can just email us I'll send you the, a link to the file I'm not going to I'm not really paywalling an mp4 file or an mp3 file for five dollars that's, that's bullshit nah. Nah. <clears throat> no need for that you want to read the show out councilman 
Expo Show. Thank you so much, listener and viewer, for joining us for another wonderful week of Down Ballot. We're glad to be back here in 2023, and we can't wait to serve you up all the local derp that you can possibly handle. Remember to get vaccinated, get boosted, stay safe, wear masks indoors when possible, and pants are completely optional. Hope you have a great night and enjoy the post game. Peace out. <laughs> Here at the local scene is where I plant my feet It's where I smoke my cigarette and I hold my drink I look at all my friends, they're all blazing greens Here at the front of the stage waiting for FTV Where are those guys who's standing next to me With a pipe in his hand ready to blaze for me About five minutes later we're all singing We to get the fuck up on stage and rock the scene Yeah, we do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Enjoy that band I turn and head back to the bar For a refill, man, because you know where we are We're headed out to the car to smoke another one, Whoa. and another one Whoa. Now just when the magic starts kicking in I hear we left playing, and you know it's time to head in Alright everybody, now it's time to grab a new drink Spark it if you got it, and then pass it to me, yeah We do what we want, and what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band We do what we want, what we want to do we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band, enjoy that band. Last up on the field for the show tonight, it's down and dirty and five, so we're headed outside. To spark up another joint, now who's got my light? A stoner E, of course, shouldn't you be inside? I'm all up in this bitch being who I gotta be. I'm fucked up like the U.S. economy. The truth is, is that I don't think logically stoner E take you on a psychedelic odyssey. Now inside motherfuckers is rocking me And outside shit we smoke a lot of rockin' Rockin' the rollie, y'all that sexy girl be jockin' me Ain't too drunk to fuck, but don't probably do a sloppin' We do what we want, what we wanna do And what we want is to jam So sit back and enjoy the band Dance with the band and enjoy the band We do what we want we want is to jam, so sit back and enjoy the band. So sit back and enjoy
what we want, what we want to do, what we want is to jam. So sit back and enjoy the band.